podcast called Live in the Stream comes to you each week. Streaming recommendations during NFL season, it's not just tongue and cheek. Quarterback defense tight end recommendations based on opposition matchup. Here are your podcast hosts, JJ Zacharyson and Danny Carter, Living the Stream. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Living the Stream. I'm JJ Zacharyson. The late round quarterback, and I'm joined by my lovely co-host Denny Carter. Denny, what's going on, buddy? And much JJ, uh, I'm just just now uh, as we enter the playoffs, realizing you know how much horrific, you know, uh, uh, unbelievable damage David Wilson did to my yeah. team this year. And, and uh, we can talk about that a little later. But I was just looking through some of my drafts from this year, and boy, yeah, it, we- it hurts. We were, we were talking about that earlier today on, while chatting, and basically we, we came to the conclusion that Pierre Thomas was, was my – Pierre Thomas was my David Wilson. Right. Wait, you, you know, you to, were, to you. Right. You were as heavily invested in him. Right, right. As I was in, in Wilson. And, and, I mean, that's, that, sometimes that's, that's kind of what happens. At least, you, at least you were telling me that you hit pretty hard on uh, Josh Gordon. Yeah, I, I had – yeah, the two guys I had in every league were – David Wilson and Josh Gordon, so that that has saved me in in some leagues. Obviously, the last two weeks is just ridiculous, but yeah, it's so it's so hard because you know, I mean, Wilson's stock had had risen to yep. you know first uh, you know late first early second round by mm-hmm. by the end of August. Yeah, with Andre Brown being out. Yeah, and 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 by that point, you know, you really have to commit, and you weren't getting them for that like late second, early third anymore. Yeah. Uh, so that and it's just so hard to recover after that. I mean, I, I was able to recover in, in in some leagues, but there was there were some that um, it just put me so far behind the eight ball that even even uh, a push, you know, in the final three or four weeks of the season couldn't couldn't get me all the way there. Yeah, it was it was. I mean, not, we're talking about this because obviously this is playoff week. This is this is the start of uh, of the end, if you will, which is kind yeah. of sad. I can't believe that it's almost it's almost over. Yeah, I mean, pretty soon we'll be uh, uh, overanalyzing um, January mock drafts, which is always. Fun. I can't. Oh, I can't wait for that. I I can't wait. I can't wait because there's so many guys that have just kind of, I, I you know, so many interesting players like Josh Gordon, who I am interested in seeing where they actually land in drafts, and oh, yeah. especially especially considering the ambiguity around a guy like Josh Gordon, uh, with regards to what's going to go on with the offense that he's in, because he's he's playing at such a high level with with me and you. At throwing him the ball right. and playing beside him. Right, you've you've played great, by the way. Thanks, I appreciate. Yeah, I had a good good game against Jacksonville last week. <laughs> I had you in three daily. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad it worked out for you. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, yeah. What if something crazy happened where Josh Gordon actually got a quarterback? Yeah, it's it's pretty insane. I actually I've been doing some thinking today, and and I mean this the beginning of our podcast. This is basically what we do anyway. So I'll just throw this out there. It's it's the idea that that bad quarterbacks aren't necessarily the worst thing in the world for these elite receivers because they'll they'll stare them down, they'll give them targets. It's it's not that bad. And I think there's a threshold when you reach a guy that's very physically gifted like Josh Gordon is because it doesn't matter at that point. As long as the ball is coming his way, he can do something with it. So that's I think right. I think that there there could be a possibility that um we'll overrate a quarterback change with Josh Gordon. But that doesn't really matter because we're going to probably – I don't want to say we'll overrate him, but we're going to rate him so high that 
it, it's like an Adrian Peterson situation. If he, it, you know, with, with regards to AP, uh, he has to he has to basically live up to being a top three running back every year in order to live up to his hype, which is what Josh Gordon's going to become. Sure, and and I think some people would point to Larry Fitzgerald and say, well, no, quarterbacks do matter. Look at Fitzgerald for that for that you know dark period mm-hmm. uh, there in Arizona, and I would I would say that Larry Fitzgerald is not in the class of Josh Gordon and Megatron, and well, that's about that's about it. I mean, he's He's not in uh, that that uh, matchup proof, quarterback proof uh, league. I mean, he's very good, mm-hmm. but just f- physically, he's not he's not there. I, I I think fantasy douche has written a lot about that over mm-hmm. the years. Um, he's just like to mention them him in the same breath is not fair. So yeah, uh, I think with with Gordon, he's he's just a different breed. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's gonna be awesome to watch. Uh, kind of as as things progress uh, with his career and with his uh, his marijuana smoking. Oh, God. It, you know what? I hope that pushes his, his value down. Because, me too. Oh, yeah, me too. Absolutely. Because you know, it did in, in a couple of dynasty startup drafts that I was in in the summer. That, that, pushed his, that pushed his stock way down. The fact that people were so scared of his, you know, occasional weed smoking. Yeah, and, like, like 75% of the NFL. Right, 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 right. And I mean, it, it it was amazing. I mean, I feel like I got a value on him just because people were like, oh, you never know. You never know that this guy. Well, I, come on. Just, yeah. yeah. Just That's, take him. Yeah. Anyway, it's playoff week. I do want to, I do want to share one quick uh, little anecdote. I know that nobody really cares about what happens in, in your, your league, your individual leagues, but this one, this instance is something that we've brought up before on the podcast. Uh, and that is the lumberjack ending. Lumberjack. Which is which is something that our buddy Rich Rebar at Lord Reeb's uh, coined after the finale of Dexter. Uh, if if you haven't seen the finale of Dexter, I've already explained that in a, in a past podcast, which is called you know Week X Streaming and Lumberjack Endings. Uh, so <laughs> feel free to Google that or look on LateRoundQB.com for that. But uh, basically, this was in the Two Mugs League, right? We had an auction league that we did. And my team, it was a team that I had started one and four. I was doing horribly, but then things kind of turned around and I ended up being seven and five uh, going into last week. And so I, I, if I won, I'm in and I'm playing against Rich, Rich's team uh, named Lumberjack ending because it was the worst, <laughs> the worst team that he had all season long. Like it was like, you know, that happens. Everyone has a bad team, whatever. So in, in, in Rich, Rich has, is doing great in other leagues and I'm in with him. So don't think that that is the norm for him. So he has this team and I'm playing against them and it's probably, it's one of the, you know, worst teams in the league. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, I got this. I'm, I, I got this locked up. So I go into the, into the matchup. He puts up 160 PPR points, right? Ooh. Ooh. He, he had like, he played like Joyke Bell and, and, and like Julian Edelman. And I'm just I, like, I'm just like, you gotta be kidding me. So I go into the Monday night game, basically needing Ryan Forbes team uh to which had the Saints defense to not score 6 points against Fantasy Douche's team and lo and behold that that ended up working out which was fantastic and I actually I actually was going to play Jordan Reed in that league and I uh ended up grabbing Zach Miller off waivers so I oh. I, I just slotted him in I really wish that that Zach Miller would have uh played a role in this lumberjack ending but 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 we're gonna pretend that he did, but he really didn't. It was just for fun that that all of that happened to Zach Miller on Monday night. But really, 
one basically this whole situation you have three teams that were going like if, if Forbes would have won then he would have made the playoffs but if mm. I you know if, if I if if he didn't win then I made the playoffs so basically I, one of us was getting lumberjack ending by the person named lumberjack ending <laughs> that's that's very meta oh it was it was it was insane it was crazy so Forbes I'm sorry that you ended up getting the seventh seed I I got the seventh seed in, in another league too which is the worst the worst, just oh, the, the worst. worst. Oh God, it absolute worst. Two leagues. It is. It's so. It's. It's. It's just bitter. Like you just look at it. I know. I like. I didn't. I wasn't sure in some league, so I logged on on Monday or Tuesday morning, and I saw myself in seventh, and I just like stared at the screen and the worst. cried a single tear. You know. Oh, uh, it was. That's probably how I felt uh, when I saw Le'Veon Bell die in front of my eyes. Wow, you really did. Tell, tell the people how that happened. Oh my God, I. So I went to Virginia. This is cr- I'm just telling all these stories. I went to Virginia for Thanksgiving. Actually, like 15 minutes away from where you live, Dennis. But you yeah. weren't you weren't in town. Yeah, this is this is crazy. You know, I mean, you know, he went to the JJ went to the game in Baltimore. Baltimore is 25 minutes north of my house, right? So I, you know, we definitely would have met up. We never met in in person. We met up, had a good time, whatever. Had some milkshakes. I had at least two milkshakes each, and then, <laughs> but the thing is. I go to North Carolina for of Thanksgiving, course. so uh, you know he pushed me south. Okay. Yeah, really, that's it's pretty much what happened. So I ended up going to Virginia, and um, I went to the the Steelers Ravens game. It was on kind of on a whim. We got tickets at the last second, so we go to the game, and we're like twenty rows from from the end zone where everything happened. Like we're like on the five yard line, twenty rows from where everything went on. So when I'm like, you know, I'm sitting there. And, and mind you, I mean, I got harassed the entire... I was wearing my Kiesel Bumblebee jersey, so I was just getting harassed the entire game. And uh, I'm, I'm sitting there, and Le'Veon Bell goes in for, that, for, the, for the touchdown. Jimmy Smith comes and hits him, and he just falls to the ground. And my immediate reaction out loud was, oh, my God, he died. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I know it. Like, right now, we can kind of joke about it because he's fine, apparently, and, like, things are good. But yeah. at that moment, like... I I saw his like his face looked like it was gone like it died. Yeah, with his, yeah, with his no, helmet I, off and his arms were doing the I can't move thing and like paralysis potential and like it was it was absolutely insane. That was that was a great game though to be at even though the Steelers ended up losing. Yeah, no, I it was a great game, but I will say that that Bell reaction or his um, immediate reaction was just like Javid Best's. Yeah, in that horrific. Uh, you know, clip of him uh, flipping over a defender at the goal line and landing on his head. Um, it was that same sort of um, full body spasm. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, I obviously we don't know what we're talking about medically here, but it, that, that really was horrific. <laughs> if you know? any of you have, have gotten hit in the head and had the uh, full body spasm, that's <laughs> a result. It's a, oh, just man. look it up. It's a, it, it is a, a medical situation. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to WebMD full body spasm. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we probably shouldn't be laughing like this about concussions. Oh yeah, I know. It's, anyway, and injuries are funny. No, yeah, funny. yeah. So I went to the game, and that that was that was pretty pretty sweet. It was one of the best games I've ever been to for sure. And I've been to a, a good amount of Steeler games in my life, fortunately. But um, it was good to good to be, to hate Joe Flacco in person. Right. I mean, yeah, to to actually send your vitriol his way, you know, yeah. right, almost face to face. Yeah. Yeah. And I've never, I've never hated Todd Haley more in my life. By the way. Oh, I bet. Horrible. Horrible. 
Anyway, let's let's uh, recap what happened last week. Uh, now that we're done talking for ten minutes, um, we you let's you had the Dolphins defense, which th- yep. they dominated. Yeah, well, they, it just it's just part of this, uh, you know, um, uh, Jets, you know, target the Jets situation. Uh, I, I think that I'm we're going to get into it later, but I just felt like they were a, a great bet. I played them in a lot, a lot of daily leagues, and um, uh, they they really paid off. And I guess my second one did not quite do as well. It was the Browns against the Jaguars, and w- once again the. Uh, the Jaguars, you know, sort of made, made us look foolish. Actually, the, ja- the Jags were one, two, three, four, five. Were the ninth highest scoring uh, defense last week. Yeah. So really... they were they were the team, not the Browns. Right. Now, the the Browns are the unfortunate part of the Browns is that they were they had the most attractive playoff schedule or or up to the playoff schedule in fantasy from as a, from a defensive perspective. But the defense itself is just kind of falling apart. They're yeah. not they're not playing the way that they were earlier in the season. Yeah, and uh, like I wrote about on the fake football this week, uh, Brandon Whedon turned it over three times on yeah. the wrong side of the fifty in the yeah. first half. That's so, that's that's the Jets problem that we had talked about a couple weeks ago. Yeah, and and so that you know that led to thirteen Jaguars points, and um, you know that's that's kind of a kill shot for for a streaming defense when you're. Um, we were banking on that being a, a really low-scoring game. I think Vegas Vegas had uh, the Jaguars projected for 16 points. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, that didn't happen. I think they had uh, 17 by halftime. So yeah. Um, so that that but then, you know that's that's kind of the that's why defenses are so hard to project because a quarterback turning it over three times on his side of the field in the first half just just messes up any sort of guess that that, that you would have. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it you you do to a point have to think about that when you're using these defenses. Sure. You know, especially I mean, especially the Jets, especially the Jets. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there have been a lot of defenses, you know, this year and in previous years that could be really good um except for that they they always have their backs against the wall. I actually think that the Chiefs defense last year could have been a decent unit if not for their offense turning it over yeah. 20 times a game, you know. It's right. just it's just impossible when you can't get off the field when your defense can't get off the field and when the ball's being turned over every 5 minutes, it's it's it just is impossible to put to put up uh, a decent performance. Yep. Part, I mean, not to sound like a homer again, but that's part of the reason the Steelers were so bad defensively the first four weeks of the season. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Wow. Um, I, yeah, even favorable matchups like against the uh, Vikings. Yeah, right. Um, they were put, yeah, they were put in terrible spots in that game. Yeah. yeah. Um, at quarterback, I had uh, Andy Dalton, who finished 26th. Thanks, Andy. Yeah, thanks, Andy, for losing me money in daily. Thank you. Yeah, way to go, buddy. Um, and then, but I did have EJ Manuel who finishes, uh, the 14th best quarterback high on QB two. And then I had, uh, who I rolled with in daily Josh McCown who finished, who finished fourth. Actually, I I started McCown over Nick Foles in a, in a, in a real league and he ended up getting fourth over, over fifth who, which was where Foles ended. Yeah. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. Which was pretty fortunate. Um, sick brag, by the way. JJ. It's quite a sick brag, yeah. <laughs> um, and then we tight ends. You had you mentioned Fleener because we have to mention Fleener because people are not picking him up. Yeah, somehow. Correct. And yeah. then uh, and then Chucky Clay. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our boy Charles Clay uh, for the Dolphins had, you know, he's. I was telling JJ before the show the. Um, I feel like he's a, a little bit of a Shane Vereen type of tight ends because he just catches a bunch of cheapy short passes mm-hmm. um, that are so valuable in in PPR. I mean, he scored um, fifteen and a half PPR points uh, last week against the Jets. Uh, you know, that's. I mean, what what more can you ask yeah. for? waiver wire option and um uh so that i i i should have said last week and i and i will say in the future that clay is a much better option in ppr than he is standard yeah absolutely man him and him and zach Ertz were saviors for uh some of my lineups that didn't have uh either josh gordon or alshon they or decker i mean they just they they saved them and and it's because you're able to exploit those matchups because the Jets can't defend tight ends. The Cardinals, which we'll get into later, can't defend tight ends. So it's just it's it's another reason that streaming is a viable option. Yeah, and and just a, as a note, uh, our boy Alex Smith uh, finished as the sixth high scoring quarterback of last week. Heyo! So he's back up there. Um, Alex Smith now has nine more fantasy points on the year than Tom Brady does. Just as a note, that's, that's so that's so unbelievable. I mean, like because. I think you you were definitely higher than Alex Smith than I was entering the season. You and, and which, which obviously props for, for that because Alex Smith is probably going to end up as a low end QB one, high end QB two this season. So, sick a, brag. A, applause. Yeah, sick brag. <laughs> um, but his, you know, last week he actually hooked up with one of my random tight end streamers, Anthony Fasano, for a touchdown. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Nice call there. That was pretty lucky. Uh, and then I also had John Carlson just. Two guys that uh, had fairly high floors, I thought, entering the week. Um, and, and Carlson was another guy. He had four for 61. So he was a solid play as well from a from a tight end perspective, a, a position that doesn't score a lot of points. Um, yeah, I mean, Fasano actually finished in the top 12. Yeah, three for three for 28 and a touch. So mm-hmm. that's that's the, uh, the Denver defense, which we'll get into later as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a good week overall, I'd say. It was yeah. fun. It was fun yeah. times. It gets easier and easier. I feel like as the as the year goes on, just because we have more data. Oh man, yeah, it really does. I, I I talked about that in one of my columns this week. Just, I mean, the the amount of reliable information that we have now compared to you know even like week three and four and five, mm-hmm. um, just it makes all the difference. I mean, it it, it it at least makes a difference in your in your level of confidence. Right, right, which is important. Sure, it's very important. Um, all right, you want to get into some of the uh, week 14 streamers this week? Yeah, yeah, start with defense here. Yeah, do it to it. All right, well, I think we, and this is not a surprise to anyone, or it shouldn't be. Uh, I am, uh, I'm going with the Raiders in a lot of leagues, including, um, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of my playoff leagues, um, not just my non-playoff leagues, uh, (laughs) against the Jets, because, uh, the Jets are so reliably uh, uh, generous to opposing defenses. Uh, they're allowing 16 points per game to opposing defenses over the past five weeks. Right. I mean that that's a that's a gigantic amount, and I don't think it's I don't think that's a case of cherry picking either. We're not talking about the past couple games. We're talking about five weeks, five five games now. Yeah. Um, and and also that includes. Um, a two-point outing from the Saints' defense against the Jets uh, a few weeks back. So, so you know, in, in between some some gigantic um, uh, performances against the Jets, you had 
the the Saints debacle, and you and they're still um, averaging 16 points per game, giving up the defenses. Um, I I don't see how you could find a better play than the Raiders um, off off the waiver wire. I, I'm starting them over a lot of um, defenses that you might consider kind of every week defenses, mm-hmm. um, just because I I think that they have. Um, you know, so much more upside against against Geno Smith and company. And I, I saw some some concern uh, about these hot time zone change. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, people saying, "Well, Oakland, they the Raiders have to fly to New York and play an early game." I'm not saying that they're that it's not valid at all, but I would just I'd be really hard pressed to um, to base my decision on the how the Raiders are going to react to this time zone change. I just I feel like that's multiplying a guess by another guess there. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if if the Raiders were traveling to, uh, I don't know, uh, London, and the team was playing in London, but that team was had a middle school quarterback, you would still play Oakland's defense. <laughs> that's a, that's a complicated formula. Yeah, right. I mean, it's it's the London. I do that often with uh, time zone changes. I make sure that I I equate them back to London to make sure right. that I, that I'm working it right. I thought you were going to say Australia or something, where it's like four days behind us. Or, yeah, where it's probably a better comparison, I know, but I went with London. Yeah, well, it's all right. Um, and then my the second team I wanted to highlight, and I think that this is uh, not not the most popular uh, choice from what I could tell on Twitter, and that, that's that's okay. I mean, I would much rather have the Raiders, but uh, we I, really I can't ignore the Giants' uh, ability and reliability and turning over the ball. Uh, they're playing the Chargers. Um, it's in San Diego, right, KJ? Um, it is, is, yes. And, no, yeah. Yes, sorry. Okay. No, that's fine. Um, I, and, look, this is not based on San Diego ha- having some sort of viable defense. Um, it, you can watch a, any Chargers game and see that the, you know, the, the front seven gets very little pressure on the quarterback, if any. Um, you know, so it's not like Eli will be um, uh, under duress. Um, but the um, the only team worse than the Giants in in uh, weekly turnovers uh, is the Jets right yeah. now. Um, the, the the Giants give up um, one over the season one point six turnovers per game. It's been fairly consistent. I mean, they, they've they've been better of late in in uh, in not allowing. Uh, opposing defenses to rack up a bunch of fantasy points to them, um, but uh, against them. But uh, I, I just, I can't with all like we talked about the data and information. With all that data and information available to us, I, I would just have a hard time um, n- not um, putting you know the Chargers high on my on my waiver wire, uh, uh, on my waiver wire priority list. Yeah, that, that makes sense. I actually, I, I do want to add that I. Uh... Uh, there's a guy on the on the Chargers who Tom Tom Kaiser, who yeah. uh, I won a, a baseball tournament with back in elementary school. No way. Yeah, yeah. He graduated from my high school. Oh wow! So that's, good that's good awesome. times. So, so we're we're streaming them this week. If you uh, if you don't hate Tom Kaiser, you'll stream the Chargers. That's right. He played for Carolina uh, last year. He signed with the Chargers this year. I haven't really talked to him though in probably fifteen years. Fifteen? So what? You were like eight? What? No, actually, it wouldn't. It wasn't fifteen. No, I'm not. I'm not that young. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I was. I probably haven't talked to him since middle school. So that that happened though. That's cool. It's it's 
He also actually, I'm not going to get into that. Anyway, <laughs> do you have a do you have do do you want to talk about the Bills? Uh, yeah. Well, I, you know, we were just talking before the show that the the Bills are actually not not just a matchup play. Um, really, I mean, right. they're 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 a legit. Uh, overall defense, JJ. You said they're eleven. Yeah, I was. I was looking earlier today because I think the the matchup is interesting against Tampa Bay this week. It's not. It's not necessarily the most ideal matchup in the world, um, but but it's certainly good. And they've, um, depending on your your league scoring. I mean, they've they've had a couple of bad games, but they uh, one of them being against New Orleans, and then the right. other one being against Cleveland when they let up thirty seven points. I think that was the Thursday night game when nothing made sense. Oh my gosh! Yeah. So you know, I they they have put together some nice performances. They did well against the Jets a couple weeks ago. Uh, they played well against Miami. They played well against Baltimore, and they played well week one against New England. But those those types of offenses kind of line up with what uh, Tampa Bay is, and that's just you know below average. So I think the Bills, um, who are in that 11, ten to fifteen range, uh, you know, cumulatively, I think that they they could be a decent decent option this week. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at their uh, point totals in recent weeks. I mean, you have um, fourteen. Uh, and then the Saints debacle, and then six six nineteen seven. Yeah, you know, I mean, it, this is it, it's. Uh, they seem to have a a relatively high um, high floor. I yeah, mean, if, um, if it, and usually, you know, it's not going to be very easy to get uh, into the double digits and from a from a defensive perspective if you're not scoring a touchdown. Usually, so you know, given that, I know like Miami did really well last week and they didn't score a touchdown defensively. Correct. Right. Uh-huh. So, like an instance like them, when they just completely dominate defensively, that that obviously changes things. But, um, you know, the fact that they're getting seven, eight points a week is pretty solid. By the way, I hope I hope everybody dropped the Chiefs in in time because yeah, no kidding. Uh, I'm looking at the see they have uh since we talked about trading them or or just cutting ties with them, they have two negative three. And five, yeah. So, you know, and and that was actually thanks to the, thanks to a uh, a kickoff return for a touchdown, right? Last That's, week, Denver. It's 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 unbelievable when you when you look back at things and you see this is it, it the whole Chiefs situation is a perfect example of why you shouldn't start yelling at people when they give you recommendations about something, even if it's. Even if it's a rough, a, a bizarre recommendation or something that doesn't really make that much sense to you, mm-hmm. at least at least realize that if it does happen, you're gonna look like a moron. Right. So that's important here. And I mean, the Chiefs are not are are likely not going to end up as the number one fantasy defense this year. Yeah, imagine um, that. The, the The Panthers are are six points behind them. Um, the Seahawks are um are fourteen points behind them. So. You know they're, they're probably going to finish outside that that one spot, which was unthinkable four weeks oh, ago. Yeah. Unthinkable. Yeah. They were Absolutely. ahead by fifty points at that yeah. time. And I know plenty of people that are like, "Oh, I'm still going to start them against Denver." Or, oh my gosh, I know. Yeah, which is a shame. Yeah. Um, so yeah, those those sound some sound like good defensive recommendations based on opposition matchups. Just like the song. Just like the song. All right, I'll get into uh, some quarterbacks. I'm going to start with a guy that disappointed us last week, and that's Andy Dalton. Uh, I'm not, I'm, I'm not a huge uh, Dalton backer. Uh, I'm not, you know, I, I think he's average. I think he's fine. I think he's serviceable, but he's 
from a from a real football perspective, I definitely don't think he can take that team over the edge. But in fantasy, that's that can be a different story. We saw him for that three week stretch be a QB one. Uh, so you know he has a good matchup this week against uh, Indianapolis, um, and the the in, the Colts secondary, according to number fire metrics, ranks twenty fifth. They've given up 57.5 more points, real points, than they should have this year, basically. Wow. Um, so I think because of that, uh, he's, he's a decent play. They've been, they've been uh, I, can't, I can't remember. I think they ranked 25th against uh, fantasy quarterbacks as well, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so he, or ni- sorry, 19th. Um, and they, they also, the last few weeks, Tennessee last week, Ryan Fitzpatrick had 15. Carson Palmer, uh put up 20 uh, Fitzpatrick before that again had 15 St. Yeah. Louis, St. Louis had 20 and Houston had 32.6. That was the game where case Keenum had that crazy first half. So, uh, you know, they, they've been torched basically recently against quarterbacks. So I think Dalton's a decent play. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I actually really like him this week. Yeah. Um, the other guy that I'm going to talk about is EJ. That was the worst intro ever. The other guy I'm going to talk about, uh, <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to bring this is another streamer I had last week which is EJ Manuel. Um the, the his last 2 weeks he's had an identical fantasy point output at 18.7 points which he did on purpose by the way. He, he talked did. about that in the post game presser. Um, <laughs> he's he actually he he said he 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 said did I get 18.7 points? That was the first thing that came out of his mouth. Someone he, confirmed it and he was like, "Yes." Yeah, he really really wanted that. Uh which is, you know, and that, that kind of production is typically good for like a high-end QB2, low-end QB1 uh, score, um, which is great considering he's a, he's a waiver-wire guy. Um, I think that he can definitely reach that mark again against Tampa Bay. Uh, their secondary, since their week five bye, have allowed at least two passing touchdowns in every single performance, with the lowest yardage total coming in week nine against Russell Wilson, where he had 217 yards. Uh, so I think if Manuel can at least keep up that pace, he's he's got a floor of about 15 fantasy points. Um, and then lastly, this is this is gonna be this is tough for me to talk about, Denny. Um, lastly, the, my my last streaming quarterback is is Joe Flacco. Oh, did you did you throw up in your mouth a little? I did. Yeah, I did just now, and I did when I talked when I was thinking about this as well. Um, right. It's kind of it kind of feels dirty starting Flacco in the fantasy football playoffs, like it just it just doesn't feel right. But it really does. But but really, it should feel dirtier in a way to to not start a quarterback playing the Minnesota Vikings defense. They're so bad. They're they're so bad. They've given up I think the most fantasy points to to opposing quarterbacks this year, according to some of the metrics we work with at Number Fire. They're the fifth to worst secondary uh, when yeah. adjusted for strength of schedule. You know. His best game since week nine came last week against Pittsburgh, uh, where he posted just 14.7 fantasy points. But I think this is a situation where you trust the matchup much more than you trust the quarterback. We saw, you know, Josh McCown's playing great football, great football. But we saw him torch Minnesota's defense as well last week with Alshon Jeffrey. I think, you know, Torrey Smith on FanDuel right now is like 6,600 bucks. Uh, he's, he's a brilliant play, I think, this week on FanDuel. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and him and Flacco could certainly hook up. Uh, it, it's in Baltimore too, where, where, you know, actually, you know, Flacco plays better at home. We all know this, but in this case, I'd almost rather this matchup be in Minnesota in the dome on the turf. Um, but, but I, I still think that even if it's cold weather, 
mm-hmm. Flacco should still perform at, at a low end QB one uh, rate. Yeah, I mean, it, even even when you adjust it for for strength of schedule, the Vikings are giving up twenty two point two points per game to uh, quarterbacks. Horrible. No one, no one is close. Yeah. I mean, no, no defense is close. It's just, it's just, it's just kind of automatic at this point. And, and I, I don't, I don't say that. I'm not, you know, knocking on wood here because, uh, because the Ravens have no running game. Right. None. It's None. it's it's not like you're. It's not like it, there's this fear that they're going to come out and, you know, r- run it for 180. You know, mm-hmm. down down the Vikings' throats. There's no way they they can do that. They. They they can't. Right. There's something wrong with Ray Rice. Um, Bernard Pierce is incredibly unimpressive. Their offensive line is is horrible. horrendous and in, in horrendous in run blocking. Oh my god, it's um, terrible. So, so you know, I mean, Flacco's going to have to throw. And when you have a quarterback who has to throw against the worst secondary in the league, then you know, just play him. Just trust it and play yeah. him. It would be really awesome if your boy Pitta ends up playing this weekend. It really, really would. Although I am a Afraid that I would get all excited and then use him in like a couple <laughs> every yeah or or in your fantasy playoffs and then he just he just destroys you again yeah right because he would he he would run like four routes yeah right right yeah but I mean it, with Flacco actually has a decent schedule upcoming as well so if you pick him up let me bring it up really quick I think he has. Uh, so he has Minnesota this week, and then Detroit next week. Who's just been giving? I know they played well against Matt Flynn on on Thanksgiving, but um, anyone plays well against Matt Flynn apparently. So the, he gets Detroit then, who has given up tons of yardage and, and, and great fantasy production to quarterbacks uh, over the second half of the season. And then you know he gets New England in the the fantasy championship, which you know I'm not saying you know if you pick up Flacco, you probably shouldn't play him uh, against New England in your fantasy championship, but you know that's not the worst matchup in the world, uh, but but if you if you get him, you could probably play him next week against Detroit as well. Yeah, and um, oh, I'll, I'll mention this when we get into tight ends. But yeah, and I, I really like Flacco from from here on out, especially this week. Yeah, so that's that's a little bit sad. I'm probably gonna start, but honestly, I'm saying I'll say it right now. I'm I'm leaning towards starting Flacco over Tony Romo in a in a I, playoff matchup. I I would. Yeah, uh, that's that's where I, I mean Romo hasn't really produced so. I'd rather go with the upside playing against Minnesota's defense. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, let's get into our tight ends of the week. You want to you want to start off with with one of yours? Sure. Uh, I know. I, I feel like I'm uh, a, a day late and a dollar short here with Ladarius Green. I, I really wish I had mentioned him last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the thing that held held me back from from mentioning him in, in pretty much anything, and I actually did think I I talked about him a little bit on Twitter last week. But only in this regard that I couldn't stomach playing a guy who was only running ten or twelve pass routes a game. Right. You know, and, and until he saw an opportunity spike, I just I could not, um, in good conscience, pl- plug him plug him in, and expect anything. Um, you know, any sort of production. I mean, maybe the fluky touchdown like he had against the. Um, Against the Chiefs, I don't mean to call that fluky and that um, he didn't deserve it or anything, but he he only he only ran like 15 routes that day. So, yeah. and one of them ends up being a 60-yard touchdown. Anyway, as you as you all know, he he caught another touchdown last week against the uh, the Bengals. The, the the most important thing in that game was that he played 90 over 90 percent 
of um, the Chargers' offensive snaps. Um, so, you know, he he wasn't Antonio Gates' backup, but rather uh, a, a part of their base offense. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the coaches, just judging the San Diego coaches, just judging from their comments over the past few days, um, have have seen that he's, you know, that Ladarius Green is could be and should be a, a, a big part of their offense going mm-hmm. forward. Um, you know, guy is a uh, uh, guy runs runs like a wide receiver, built like a tight end. Uh, you know, you, you just physically, it's hard, it's hard to ask for more out of a pass catcher. Um, and he gets the Giants this week, and it was a little surprising because I, I don't think of the Giants as as you know, particularly um, bad against against one position, of course, except for uh, defenses. But um, <laughs> they're, they're actually allowing uh, uh, 8.8 schedule-adjusted fantasy points to tight ends. Um, only seven teams uh, in the NFL are worse mm-hmm. than the Giants against tight ends when you adjust for strength of schedule. Uh, you know, and I, I think that, that that's worth noting. Um, I know it's it's going rolling with Green here. Uh, is sort of banking on him uh, maintaining his role in the offense. Um, maybe ninety ninety percent of snaps is is not something we should expect, but if it's something close, mm-hmm. uh, I, I think that um, I think that he could be a, a really solid play for the for the rest of the year. Uh, he he saw six targets um, last week against the, the Bengals, so it's it's not like. You know, it's not like Rivers threw one pass his way and he happened to catch it for a touchdown. I mean, right. he, he he saw six targets. That that's nothing to sneeze at. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so, so don't sneeze at it. I the it, it's I've gotten so many questions about Ladarius Green this week. I don't know about you. One of the biggest ones was it has been Jordan Cameron or Ladarius Green. Yeah. Have you have you have you gotten where? Which direction would you go in? Because I know a lot of people have been wondering. I you know I mean with. If if uh what's the 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 third stringer's name for if Cleveland? I mean, if it's gonna be what Caleb Haney or Haney. yeah or or I mean if Brand, if Brandon Whedon plays, I think it's a different story. But if they if they do go with another backup, their fourth quarterback, it's gonna be tough. Yeah, you know what? Uh, I I go I would go Ladarius Green if Haney starts. If Whedon starts, I guess I lean Cameron, but I still think Ladarius Green probably represents a higher. Uh, higher ceiling. Yeah, I'd say so too. I'd say so too. Which is so sad. It is very sad. You know, I uh, I tweeted today just another reason why we need to stop worrying so much about how players' uh, season long totals rank. Jordan I, Jordan Cameron is still the fourth best tight end in fantasy. Yeah, that's so deceiving, right? Yeah, right. It's it's a perfect example of of why. And I'll I'll get to that a little bit later when we rant because. That's something that uh, has has kind of pissed me off recently. Um, I mean, Jared Cook is tight end twelve. <laughs> right, right. It's that. Yeah. Speaking of Jared Cook, do you want to? I know that he was shared by by you and I with the uh, or you and me with the tight end streamers. Do you want to give a little bit of info on Cook, and then I'll just add stuff here and there. Yeah, yeah. So Cook is available on forty percent of waiver wires, uh, and. Uh, besides him being more involved in the St. Louis offense uh, of late, um, he has, um, uh, man, I lost the stat here, but, uh, he has seven catches for 129 yards and a touchdown over the past two weeks. Um, 
So, you know, he is producing uh, um, much more than that, that horrible, like eight week stretch that he had after his amazing week one. Right. And who did, who did he play week one? I'm, I'm pretty sure he played Arizona. He played the Cardinals and that was the beginning of the Cardinals just being horrendous against tight ends. So, <laughs> it was a start. It was actually, they would have been actually pretty good if not for Jared Cook. If not, he, he, he hurt their feelings. So yeah, bad. absolutely. And they so just bad. said, you know what? We're not even going to try. Oh, man. Uh, that seems like a million years ago. Unreal. It um, does. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, the Cardinals are, are just being gouged weekly by tight ends. We saw it last week. I mean, it, it looked to me. Three, three, sorry, three tight end touchdowns last week. Yeah, I mean, it looked to me like the like the Eagles based their entire offensive game plan on exploiting uh, the 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 Cardinals' uh, inability to cover tight ends. Yeah, they looked at they looked at adjusted fantasy points against, and they were like, "Holy crap, there's something that we can really target here." Yeah, well, I mean, I think it's it's pretty obvious at this point that yeah, Chip Kelly absolutely. listens listens to the podcast. Oh yeah, he loves living the stream. Right. I mean, and, and that's uh, why that's why he's been playing Nick Foles all year. <laughs> hey hey so um uh so you know i think that if you can get over the emotional scars that jared cook has left you um that uh he really has a great matchup this week and uh i hate to say it but he's a top 12 tight end for me this yeah week. yeah i'm with you you know what's really interesting i is that jared cook's week one performance in half point ppr leagues accounts for over 28% of his fantasy total this year. Oh, my goodness. That is great. Wait, what what was the stat line in week one? Um, It was – I'm right here. I can pull it up. It was, it was insane. In week one, Jared Cook had seven catches for 141 yards and two touchdowns. Oh, my – and, and he had one called back. Yeah, right, right. He had like a fifty yarder. It was back. it was absolutely insane. The highest yardage total. He he did have a nice game against Chicago two weeks ago, where he had a four catch, eighty yard, one touchdown performance. Uh, but other than that performance, up until week twelve, so from week one to week twelve, Jared Cook's best yardage output looks like it was forty five yards against Houston. And it was on two catches. Mm. His best fantasy uh, output was week. Nine, which was a three-catch, thirty-six-yard, one-touchdown performance. Wow. So he's really outside of playing. Outside of the last two weeks, he's been he's been fine the last two weeks. And then that week one game against Arizona, a team that's just that's just handing over tight end points. Uh, that's that's what Cooks has done. Nothing. Nothing. So, but this week he he's back. He should be alive to you this week. Yeah, absolutely. He can be dead to you next week. Absolutely. Um, the, the guy that I do want to just mention quickly, uh, because I, I say quickly, cause I don't know if he's going to play or not is Delaney Walker. He had a, he got a concussion uh, in the first quarter last week, which was a shame cause he had a great matchup against Indianapolis who he torched uh, a couple weeks ago for 10 catches, 91 yards and a touchdown. Um, but not counting last week, obviously, cause he didn't play the full game. The three games before that, uh, if you remember Fitzpatrick came in in that Jacksonville game very early. Mm -hmm. Uh, once Locker went out. If we count that game with Fitzpatrick, Delaney Walker has 27 targets in three games with Ryan Fitzpatrick at at quarterback, which is, which is, and it's not like he got 19 in one game. It's been, I think it's been eight, 10 and nine. So, so it's been very, very consistent. And uh, Denver, I think ranks 30th against tight ends. Uh, And we saw Fasano last week score a touchdown against them. 
You yeah. know that Tennessee is going to have to throw it. You know that Ryan Fitzpatrick is not. I, I am afraid of, of playing Ryan Fitzpatrick a bit just because he didn't play all that great last week. Uh, but you know that he's still going to sling it around because that's what he does. Uh, yeah, I think, so I think I think I think Walker would be a great great play this week if he plays. I think that there's a lot of value to be had in in Walker and in Kendall Wright, especially yeah. obviously Wright in PPR. I think that uh, I I I see the the Broncos just just destroying the Titans. Yeah, me too. Uh, and um and that's 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 awesome for uh, for for pass catchers. I I will say that one of the most amazing things about about Walker's uh, recent stats. Those ten catches that you referenced against Indianapolis, ten targets, in, right? Were on ten targets. Yeah, I was gonna. I was, maybe they were on eight targets. He was just that good. Is <laughs> that right? Uh, <laughs> I mean, that, I just I don't know if I've heard of that before. No. I, mean, I mean, you know, you you hear six for six, or mm-hmm. you know, is maybe even eight for eight, but ten for ten—that's yeah. crazy. That was the game where Fitzpatrick was just throwing it like four yards from the line of scrimmage, and he was just dinking and dunking. And then that last drive, he made himself fantasy relevant. But he looked Delaney. I think he only targeted three different receivers that game. Or right. no, he targeted four, but only three targets went to not Kendall Wright and Delaney Walker. Yeah, wow. which which is awesome uh, for for guys that had had invested anything in those two players. But. Um, yeah, I mean Delaney Walker is, is uh, pals with Ryan Fitzpatrick on the field. I don't know about off the field. I heard that that Delaney slept with Ryan Fitzpatrick's sister, so I don't know about that. Oh, that that is that that is that's a salacious rumor. Yeah, yeah, I, I just started that, and I love Ryan Fitzpatrick too. I don't know why I did that. Yeah, I know, man. It's so it's so so mean. That You're so mean to your boy. I know it was mean. All right, so to recap, we have Delaney Walker, Jared Cook, and who was your first one again? Uh, Ladarius Green. Yeah. Um, and then I had EJ Manuel, Andy Dalton, Joe Flacco, and then you had we had we kind of talked about Buffalo, but more specifically, you had Oakland and San Diego at defense. That's right. Boom. San All right. Diego. It's it's a big week for people, so we've got a lot of Twitter questions to go through, and I think that we need to answer them because we need we need to finish this finish this through. We need to help the people. Yes. We need to help the people. So let's start with Andrew Manansala. At Drewski SF, he asked, "Which defense do you like more this week, Pitt or Green Bay?" Uh, go ahead. Uh, Pittsburgh for me. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, that's pretty. That seems pretty straightforward too. If there's a, if there's if if Oakland, Buffalo, or San Diego are available, though, I'd probably play them over Pittsburgh. Oh yeah, yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this is from Johnny Moss the third at Skip Moss three. I have luck, but should I consider starting Fitz or Tannehill? Oh, uh, I mean, I, I'm really down on luck. Yeah, me too. Me too. I would start. I wouldn't. I wouldn't start Tannehill necessarily. Uh, given, I think it's one of those games. Like I talked about a, a few weeks back, when the Steelers came back really hungry and they played really well. Um, I think that's a game. What the, that's what's going to happen with the Steelers this week with Tannehill. I would play Fitzpatrick over Luck, though. But I, you know that 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 Pittsburgh back end has been so bad. It has. It, no, I I get it. I get it. It's definitely more. And I'm not trying again. I am not trying to be Homer about this. Uh, but it's a situation where I could see it's either going to go really really bad. I know Sigmund Bloom thinks that it's going to go really bad. Kind of like how the Chargers game went, went last year for Pittsburgh, which I don't oh, know yeah. if you remember that or not. I do. But, the denario. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So it could definitely go that direction, uh, but I'm, I'm thinking that, that it doesn't. 
basically. But and and I think I, I I wouldn't play Luck. That's for sure. I'd play both of those quarterbacks over Luck. Right. Yeah. That that's what I was getting to. I I would play both Tannehill and Fitz over Andrew Luck. Yeah. So start them both. Yeah. Start them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, need a win to be in a playoff. Okay. So this guy. This is from G- at at Citizen the Cane. Uh, Need a win to be in in a playoff. I have both Romo and McCown at QB. If Cutler does not play, should I start McCown? Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm down with starting McCown over Romo this week. Yeah, I know it's, it's it sounds weird, but yes. Yeah, and yeah, for, yeah. I was gonna say you should, uh, for the time being, depending on when they announce that quarterback situation, drop your kicker and hold Cutler on your team if you own McNown or McCown. Yes. Yeah. No. Th- I'm doing that in in, Me too. Uh, in one of my leagues. And hopefully they'll name it before the games start. Cause yeah. Because they, they play late. They play Monday, right? Yeah, they play Monday. So we'll we'll know. I guess by the latest we'll know is Monday afternoon, maybe. Right. But if if you by that point, hopefully you have a kicker ready or something. Um. Yeah. Rich Rebar asks, I would like to know if Denny uses gel or mousse for the playoffs. Thanks. Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, yeah. it's valid. I I try to step it up in in, in the playoffs, and and uh, I use a a, a special uh, cream. It's not really a gel oh. um, per se, but it's a it's a cream that I, I save especially for this time of year, and it, it gets extra volume on, on the hair. Um, I think I think we can all appreciate this kind of thing. So. But th- thanks for asking, Rich, and uh, I'll be sure to post pictures of, of what I look like on, on Fantasy Playoff Sunday. There you go. Um, yeah. this, this, this next question is from Matthew Ford, at LongRRP2. Should I stream tight ends who play Arizona week 15 and 16, have access to Walker and Wilson, have Fleener and Cameron on, on roster? So let me pull it up really quick, and I'll, I'll give you uh, Arizona's schedule. Yeah. They play um, they play uh, Tennessee week fifteen and then week sixteen they play Seattle so he's apparently referring to Luke Wilson. Um, Luke Wilson. Yeah, it's not the, the. But which shouldn't he be talking about Zach Miller? Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. I don't I don't understand oh. what he's talking about there. Okay. Well, I mean, look at the Seahawks might not have anything to play for at that point. Um, maybe, but. Um, if they do, I think Zach Miller could win a lot of, a lot of championships against yeah. uh, in that matchup. He he did really well against them uh, four or five weeks ago, um, back in late October. So right, but yeah, I mean, I think that it's it's perfectly valid uh, uh, just targeting them for the rest of the year. Delaney Walker gets them in week fifteen. Is that what you said? Yeah, I definitely would play Walker all yeah, day. Yeah, pick pick up yeah. Walker right now because if he ends up playing on on Sunday, then you have two two tight ends for both those weeks. He has he has Fleener and Cameron on his roster and it's like it's one of the situations where it it doesn't matter if you drop Jordan Cameron right now. Just if if you're getting a guy like like Walker and then you play Fleener this week, I'm fine with dropping Jordan Cameron. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Um this one's from Randy Jalisco. Uh he says, if you own Cap, how far down the QB ranks do you, do you go looking for a streamer before you draw the line? Fitz, Glennon? Um, I'll say that this week I think Kaepernick is maybe not even a QB2 in a 12-team league. Yeah, I don't have him in my top 20. 
Yeah, and they're they're playing Seattle, so yeah, I would play both Fitz and probably Mike Glennon against him or over him this week. Yep. Um, this is from Adam Cap at Adam underscore Capo. Would you start Walker or Green over Fleener this week? Uh, also, also pick two two to start out of Alfred, Le'Veon, and Keenan this week. All right. Well, so, yes, I would start Walker over Fleener. Yeah, for sure. And then the two. So you got Alfie against the uh, who are they playing again? The uh, the Chiefs. Who I mean, they're they're susceptible, you know, to against the run. Yeah. Um, and then you have Le'Veon against Miami, which is a monster matchup. Yes, it is. And then you got Keenan Allen uh, against the Giants. So all of them are pretty good matchups. I'd probably personally stick with the running backs. Uh, yeah. He doesn't say if it's PPR or not either. Yeah, I mean, I I, I have a tough time with uh, benching um, Keenan, but um, I'm trying to find the, the – well, you know what? Yeah, I, I agree with that. The, uh, the the Giants are giving up, in standard leagues, are giving up um, 14.3 um, schedule-adjusted fantasy points to, to wide receivers. Um, the only team better is the uh, is, is Tennessee. Right. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I go with the, the running backs. The running backs. Uh, this is from Ryan Ferretti at Ryan Ferretti. After trading away, Chiefs are back on waivers. Are they are they worth a look against RG three? Other options: Buffalo, Cincy, Miami. Uh, we kind of talked about this earlier. Would you would you personally pick them up uh, against uh, Washington next week or or this week? Or are you fine using someone someone that we talked about earlier? I'd rather I'd rather use the three that we talked about earlier. Yeah. Okay. I would do. Um, this is from uh, Daniel Lindsay, who writes for Number Fire at Bitter Packer Fan. Uh, is Chris Obanaya worth a, a waiver wire stash? He has Forte Murray, um, and then he could drop EJ Manuel, Streeter, Riley Cooper. He's concerned for week fourteen or week fifteen and sixteen. Would you pick up uh, Chris Obanaya? It has to be PPR. Yeah, I agree, and it doesn't it doesn't say that on here. I don't think I would pick him up though for with those guys because, you know, Rod Streeter's potentially going to be a target machine uh, upcoming. Right, right. Yeah, no, I, I, I would, t- I would tend to say no, but it, the only way I would possibly say yes is if it were PPR because outside of that he doesn't have much value at all. Right, right. Um, this is from at D Morton. Uh, he said, "You guys led me to buys in two out of three leagues. Thanks." How do I fill the void this this that is my Sunday freed from stat tracking? Drink here's, a lot drink a lot of beer. Here's, here's what you do. You sit down, you put on some classical music, and you read. <laughs> you read. And you and you, you feel cultured for one Sunday out of your out of your whole yeah, degenerate. Avoid football. Uh, yeah. No, no, no. Turn off the look at here's what you do. You you bench all your guys, you you give them some rest. Because they, they need rest. It's been a long season. Yeah. Um, you know, that's what I'm doing in a league where I have a buy and, and, and sit down and, you know, maybe, maybe have a, a nice, a nice glass of wine. Yeah. You know, and just, just be, just, just be a human being for once in your life. All right. Yeah. Absolutely. So you got that from straight from Denny's mouth, D Morton. There you go. Uh, this is from Artie Warren at salesman Artie for this week. Standard scoring pick one Spiller, Julius Thomas or Welker. 
Wow. So Spiller, Jeez. Spiller's an interesting one because he, he plays the Bucks, who are, who are decent uh, defensively. I I'm probably just playing Welker. Unless unless Thomas plays. Yeah, I would play. I would play Thomas over Welker if he plays because the Titans are actually really bad against tight ends. Right. Um, right. As as I think we talked about. Um, and and Thomas, I think at this point, Welker. Welker's definitely lost his allure. He's only he's only the fifteenth ranked half point PPR wide receiver right now after his start, um, wow, really? which is yeah, which is pretty crazy. And and Spiller, I think people people need to kind of take a step back and realize that he played Atlanta last week. Yeah, Tampa's wow. Tampa's much much better. Um, Tampa's allowing sixteen points a game to running backs and standard, right? Um, whereas Atlanta is allowing twenty four and a half. Yeah. So that's 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 a big difference. Yeah, I mean, Spiller did did you know exactly what his owners thought he would do in a, in a great matchup. He he does not have that matchup this week. Yeah. Um. Chad Scott at Chad underscore Scott thirteen, our boy. He says, "How unsafe is Cam Newton this week? Would you start McCown over him?" So Cam's playing New Orleans in New Orleans. Would you start Josh McCown over him, assuming Josh McCown plays? Mm, man, oh man. I'll, I'm going to go ahead and say no. I think I think Cam still has QB one allure to him, um, even though I, I am a fan of the Saints defense. I just think he's playing at a good at a high level. Um, at this point, I don't think I would trust McCown. Yeah, I mean, here, here's here's something that kind of helped me make make up my mind on this on this decision. I would go Cam because. The difference in uh, points allowed to quarterbacks between the Saints defense and the Dallas defense uh, is three. Right. So you know, with that, with that, with that narrow of a, of a, of a gap between those two, um, I'm I'm definitely going with Newton. Yeah, I like that. That was good. Good good That's stat right there. On the spot, on the spot analysis. Boom. Yeah. Um, this is another one from Johnny Moss the Thirds at Skip Moss Three. Cameron Fleener, Ladarius Green, or Delaney Walker this week PPR. Oh man, I'll you... I'll say I think Walker if he ends up playing. If he doesn't play, I'd probably go Fleener. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I mean Walker really is kind of a must play. I, I Walker I... really needs to play is what we've been saying. Right. I mean, if he plays, I think that. People should be really confident in plugging him in. Yeah, I agree. Um, this one is probably one of the one of my favorite ones that we got because it's from it's from Sigmund Bloom at Sigmund Bloom, and he he always makes you think. And he said one player he wants to know one player that sounds crazy to bench, but it t- this week it's the smart move, which is which is pretty deep. There's a lot to that. that I'll is. I'll throw yeah I'll throw out some uh, some guys that. You know, not necessarily. I know that I'm gonna beat around the bush a little bit with this with this answer, but these aren't necessarily guys that I would fully bench. But they're guys that are studs that have very very difficult matchups. So we have Andrew Luck and Kaepernick. We already said we were gonna bench Luck. Luck is more so that stud type ish. He's not. He's like the QB seven right now, so he's not really a stud. Uh, and Kaepernick certainly isn't. But I would definitely bench both of them. Um, the one guy that's really interesting this week is LaShawn McCoy against Detroit. Detroit Detroit's basically given up three yards against running backs over the last 18 weeks. So because of that, 
I think uh, I think you still obviously play McCoy, but he's definitely a risky uh, a risky a risky play this week. Yeah. Um, and then you know we talked about Cam. I still think Cam is fine. Um, if if Green Bay wasn't playing Atlanta, I might say Jordy. If if Aaron yeah. Rodgers didn't play, see, I was gonna say Jordy. Yeah, but they're playing Atlanta, so uh, it's like I, I know, I know, but uh, I can't. You look at with Tol- with Tolzian. Is it, is it Tolzian or Tolzian? Tolzian? I don't know. I don't know. With Scott Tolzian, uh, I I was fine plugging Jordan Jordy Nelson into my lineups no matter what. Right. But I'm not fine with Matt Flynn. I'm not. I I mean. Uh, in in um in the two games, uh, with Flynn, uh, Jordy has 58 yards against the Vikings. Okay, the 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 worst secondary in the right, league, right. and four, 14 yards last week against the Lions. Now, I I don't I really don't think it's too much of a panic move to say, um, I mean, if you have if you're if if you are somehow have you know better options at, at a wide receiver, if you yeah. have a, a flex spot that you feel like you can fill with someone else. I I'm fine with benching Jordy Nelson as long as Matt Flynn is at the helm. He's he's horrendous. Yeah, that's fair. That's a very fair one. I another guy to bring up is Frank Gore against Seattle. Uh, he yeah. had he had nine nine uh, carries for 16 yards when they played them at Seattle in Week Two. I know Seattle's a bit of a different defense when they're on the road, but uh, Gore hasn't played very well of late at all. Not, not at so all. you know because of that, I'm fine with with benching him for. Uh, a different option who, you know, he's, he hasn't had a bad year. He's, he's a, a high end RB two, low end RB one. Uh, so perhaps that's someone that you would yeah. uh, want to. And lastly, I just want to throw it out there because it's a very interesting. I, I, I wouldn't do it personally. I think it's kind of idiotic, but it's still interesting nonetheless. Uh, and that's Josh Gordon with him playing against new England, a team that has historically under bill Belichick taken out the, the top options in, in opposing offenses with a quarterback that was picked up off the street, it's I, I I wouldn't do it. I would absolutely still start Josh Gordon, but it's still an interesting de- debate to have. Man, I mean, you you have to uh, have, have a, the biggest you know, balls in the world. Yeah, you have to have a phone line straight to Satan uh, to to make to yeah. be able to predict that call because that's, uh, whew, that's people were really pe- tough. People were talking about it when Sig asked the asked the question, so I figured I'd bring it up. Yeah, yeah, I, and I, I get, I totally understand why you do that, but I will say that I, I was under the same impression about you know Belichick shutting down the main option, this and that, and then Andre Johnson goes off for 115 yards last week. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I think that there's there's plenty of like uh, things in, in football that we just assume are true, but they're not. You know, it's it's not necessarily the case. Um. This is from Adam Pfeiffer, uh, our, our buddy, a, a, at A Pfeiffer RS. He says, after encouraging performances, uh, what do you make of CJ Spiller and Roddy White rest of season? I really like Roddy White yeah, as, as, as a high-volume guy who has a really good schedule <laughs> from here on out. Um, so, I mean, I think that you can play him with the assumption that he's fully over his ankle injury. Yeah. And that the Falcons are going to be throwing a lot as as their defense just gives up a ton of points. Yeah, I'm with you. And then we already kind of talked about Spiller too. Oh yeah, yeah. we touched on Spiller, but I mean Spiller. I know he had some sort of uh, uh, in-game aggravation of an of the ankle situation, mm-hmm. but 
you know, he came back in and, and, and had that touchdown run that was just incredible. I mean, the, right. He, the, he at least, he at least didn't have any full body spasms. <laughs> if, if your guy has full body spasms, you're done anyway. So that's right. Um, this is from Scott Eggleston at SP egg 73 PPR 0.5 PPR flex. Tory Smith or Shane Vereen? Holy crap. Oh. I'm going to say Tory Smith. Me too. Um, ah. That's a tough one, though. It at, is tough. At Conway VN, would you be comfortable starting uh, Ladarius for the whole playoffs, even over Julius Thomas, Jordan Reed, and Fleener? No. 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 Um, at E underscore Anthony 10. Romo or McCown slash Cutler? This is this is like a very very common one. We've already we have already said McCown or whoever starts for for Chicago over Romo this week. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Highest ceiling, highest floor. I think both. I think both Chicago quarterbacks would have a higher ceiling and higher floor. Yeah, I mean the problem with the with the Cowboys offense is that they they're never on the field. Um, yeah. They have, I think uh, Pat Thorman from Pro Football Focus has a great weekly column where he looks at um, snap counts uh, and um, and the Cowboys are always on the low end of that. And I think we've seen it from the spotty production from, from their, their big names. Yeah. Um, and also their, the Chicago's defense is horrible at defending uh, the run. So I think DeMarco is a guy that is, could go off, which then in turn forces Tony Romo to maybe not have to do as much. Oh, you're right. Actually, they could. I mean, they're giving up 150 yards a game on the ground. That's yeah, great. they're they're horrible. Yeah. Um, this is another one from from Scott Eggleston. He says, if Julius Thomas plays, do you start him? Do you start him or play it safe with Walker or upside with Ladarius Green? Walker. Yeah, I'm I'm with you, man. Walker's our boy if he goes this week. Please go. Please go. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, at Noah J Carr says, "I have cap, but both court Bears quarterbacks are available. Opponent has Marshall and Jeffrey starting. Is it smart to grab a Bears quarterback? Yes, one yes, million percent. Even if even yeah. if with his yeah, just do it. Um, from at Rohan SFF Fitzpatrick's beard or whoever starts for Chicago Monday night. <laughs> Again, Chicago. Chicago, yeah." Um, at Scott two three four five this week pick two standard scoring Andre Johnson Jordy Nelson Tory Smith Keenan Allen. So actually, Andre Andre is Jacksonville just to yeah, yeah yeah I I would go Andre there yeah I the pick two would you go Andre oh, oh. I would go I would just go Andre and Tory yes that's yeah. right yeah. I mean yeah actually in second look I mean you know Keenan Allen's matchup is not that good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this is from Andy underscore German. He says, uh, how about some week 15 streamers for the forward thinkers? So week 15, the Jets are playing the Panthers, so that's not really an option. Um, just looking at the schedule, the Bills play the Jaguars, which is going to be interesting. Uh, the Patriots will play the Dolphins. The, yeah. Se- the Seahawks, unfortunately, are playing the Giants. Um you know, there there actually aren't a ton. It's, yeah, it's, it's kind of tough. I I think you could you could make an argument uh, for both the Bills and the Jaguars. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. 
being yeah. uh, streamers that week. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then you've got, you know, maybe even Philly against Minnesota, perhaps. Uh, and then uh, maybe, no, uh, I was going to say maybe Detroit against Baltimore, but I don't think I'm there yet. Uh, you know, I actually do like the Eagles a lot that week. That's yeah, good. yeah. So there's there's some some uh, some options, Andy. Um, at Skyler Libre, uh, if you streamed your way to the playoffs with a QB, how much do you like Manuel and McCown? Yeah, they're great. They're fun guys. <laughs> like I said, Emmanuel is a good. I think Emmanuel is a decent play this week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is it is it just for this week or is it? I think he's just kind of talking. How much do you like? I mean. Let's see the 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 Bills' upcoming schedule for the uh, after after this week. We already said that they get the Jags next week, right? And then they get Miami, which is a tough matchup. So I wouldn't play EJ Manuel in Week 16. But if you you know if you have unlimited waiver wire uh, transactions, I don't think that you need to look that far ahead right now with just thinking in the spectrum of those two players. Sure. Um. This is from a guy named Mike. Uh, he says, Garcon versus Kansas City or Burleson versus Philadelphia? Mm. If it's PPR, I think you have to go Garcon. Yeah. Uh, oh, well, I would, I, you know what? I, I think Burleson's uh, role is not set in stone. Yeah, I agree. There. So I, I guess, yeah, I mean Garcon. Yeah. Um, this is from our buddy Sal uh, at 2QBFFB. He says, is this too late? RG3 or Fitzpatrick, six points per passing touchdown. So, again, RG3 has Kansas City. Ugh. And Fitzpatrick has Denver. I'm going to go. I'm going to say Fitzpatrick. Yeah. You bank on the garbage time points, I guess. You bank yeah. on the garbage, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm really, like I said, I'm not very, very high. I love the hell out of Fitzpatrick, but I'm not very high on him this week. Uh, it's kind of hard to because he didn't play very well last week. Um, and then this is from uh, Dennis Esser, at Coach Esser. Uh, he says he has a, a league that's tight end special scoring, which is you get two times the amount of points for yardage. And it's .5 PPR. Do you start Andre Johnson or Ladarius Green? I saw that question. And, and you like, almost blew up. Yeah, I mean, well, but like the the gambler in me is like, go with green, go with green, but I, I'd have to go with Andre. Yeah, I'd probably still go with Andre too. I also want to uh, this we, we're done with the questions, but I want to give Jeff Miller a shout out for one of the best tweets I've ever seen in my life. He said, I was I was going back and forth with him a little bit. Uh, this is this is Jeff Miller who writes for Number Fire. He does the weekly recap every week, and it's awesome. At uh, ff Jeff M is his is his handle. He said. If Todd Haley and Pep Hamilton donated sperm to Mike Martz, the resulting child would be hired in Oakland. Oh. It was it was probably one of the best tweets that I've ever read in my life. That is wow. I have wow. to give him props for that. Jeez, let's let's all retweet that and get get that out there. I mean, yeah, I did earlier, so go after this and retweet it because it's very good. Yeah, yeah. Jeff Miller is really funny. Yeah. Everybody should be following him. He's yeah, really... They really should. He's a he's a great writer and a really, really witty guy. Um, wow. So that does it for the the questions. We we rolled through them uh, pretty fast, I guess. Yeah, a, a lot though. I mean, you know, it's it's that time of year. Everybody wants to make triple sure that they're that they're yeah. right. Right. Um, do you want to rant tonight? Sure. Okay. 
I don't know whose turn is to go first, so you can go ahead. I'm just going to butt in front of you and go ahead. Yeah, that's cool. (laughs) What I just referenced, actually, is what I wanted to to rant about, which is really nothing angry, but it's more just observing that it's so easy to overthink things this time of year because you've invested so so much time and energy um, to get to get to where you are which is which is the playoffs and that, that should have been you know your your only focus for the entire regular season was just getting to the playoffs it doesn't matter what your record is uh, how many total points you scored how many points against you have it, it only matters that you sneak into the playoffs once you're there then, then you know, you, you never know what can happen. I mean, play matchups, do do what you can. So you you've gotten here, and now you're freaking out. And I've done the same thing. You know, you 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 felt very confident in making all season, and suddenly you're think you're 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 you know picking up six kickers a week, alternating between them, just because you feel like they're they have better matchups. So you're you're just overthinking, overanalyzing everything. And I just wanted to share a, a little trick um, that I have that helps me kind of psychologically deal with this with this playoff pressure because it's pressure. Yeah, it is. And, and, and the way I, I handle it is that I think of what would I do in a league that I don't care so much about. And I know that sounds funny, but my decision-making in a league that I care less about maybe a non-money league, for instance, is more sober. That's more sober decision-making than it is in uh, a league that I'm very wrapped up in, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so when I, when, I, when I think about, okay, would I play player A or player B in, in this league that I care so much about and that I have money wrapped up in and that I, I want to beat my 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 buddies so bad, you know, my, my friends, my family members. I want to I, I want to show them that I'm I'm the best, I'm the smartest in this league. When I get wrapped up in that kind of thinking, I, I stop and I say, okay, wait. If I had this decision in you know my other league that you know I would like to win, but I don't really I will I won't be devastated if I don't win it. What would I do? And then it becomes it, it eventually becomes very clear to me. Okay. I would play player B. Mm-hmm. Okay, well then there's no no reason not to play player B in in the league that I care very much about. So, so it's it's a, it's a way that I've found that helps drain the um, the emotion out of it. And as we all know, uh, emotion can just destroy decision making in, in fantasy or or, or, in, or in anything really. You know, in in, in any anything that requires a, a sound decision. Um, uh, you know, having uh, anxiety and, and and all sorts of uh, emotions creep into that process is is damaging. You know, not not just long term, but but just in the moment and short short term too. So um, think about what you would do if you didn't care. <laughs> and I know it sounds funny, but that that's that's helped me. And and good luck, everybody. Yeah, it's it's definitely good thinking that way, and it's also a good. I I often think worst case scenario. Right, you lose the game. Okay, what happens? And <laughs> and typically, it's not the worst thing in the world. Typically, you're still alive. Yeah, usually, you still, you still have food, and yeah. you know the the bank's not coming for your house in the morning. Right, which, you know they might do actually for me this week, but 
<laughs> well, if the to, if if those if the latter two occur, then maybe you shouldn't be playing fantasy football. I, yeah, I think you should find another line of, uh, of 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 hobby. That's right. Um, tonight I am going to rant about fantasy strategy. It's what I I really love and what kind of started me into writing about fantasy football in the first place is the whole idea of strategy and a late-round quarterback and whatnot. You know, not only is the season just not over yet, so we have no idea how people are going to finish, but I want to stop the whole this strategy was best or this one didn't work talk. And the reason for that is because typically that type of analysis is unbelievably anecdotal and lacks the high-level thinking of, okay, well, what about the masses? What, What about... What about how everyone else kind of thinks or performs? And what I mean by that is, of course you can have an early round quarterback and succeed. And of course you could have gone away from the running back, running back strategy and done well. And perhaps you didn't even need to get one until round five because you got Fred Jackson and Pierre Thomas and you just rode them to to the fantasy playoffs. Um, But I think that... uh, what people need to realize before dubbing a strategy right or wrong is that there are a lot of factors that go into judging whether or not a strategy is the best one. So instead of digging into what's best and what not uh, in this rant, I think the one thing I, that I really want people to realize uh, when they judge uh, rankings or when they judge how this player did at the beginning of the season to how he's finishing is that fantasy football is a weekly game. And it's something that I really, really stressed about in last year's book. Uh, of the late round quarterback you know just because you drafted arian foster doesn't mean that arian foster was a complete bust for your fantasy team it's not as though whenever you drafted him or it's not as though whenever he went down uh that you were taking a zero in that running back spot for the rest of the season and and just because someone else hit on pierre thomas or fred jackson doesn't mean that someone who went running back running back didn't hit on them either allowing them to play one of those backs for the aforementioned foster so before you start making these groundbreaking statements that strategy X was best, uh, make sure that you understand what's going on with that high-level way of thinking and, and how other people think and that opportunity cost side of things because it's unbelievably important to actually finding what yields the best probability for a particular strategy. Uh, and, and really, if you don't believe me, I think that this is a perfect opportunity to do a, a shameless self-promotion and say, go read my book. You, you don't do it enough. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, I haven't really done much recently for it. No, no. And yeah, I mean, in, in your book, I mean, I can speak as someone who's, who's read both versions of your book. Um, it, it, it really does delve really deep into those questions that you just mentioned. And it, it's something I, it's a, it's a, an issue that is not uh, discussed enough in no. fantasy circles, even, a, even in the, the hardcore in Twitter circles that, that, right. that we, uh, we hang out in. Yeah, there's there's definitely a problem of uh, of comparing rankings, mm-hmm. just just rankings. I, I really think that there's an issue with that because it's not looking at uh, first of all rankings, and I, I don't want to get too far off track here because we've already potted for a really long time. But rankings in general are very are, are linear. There's a drop off from one to two to three that are, that are the it's the exact same drop off from one player to the next, whereas. That's not how fantasy football works at all. When you rank Josh Gordon one, uh, and he goes off for forty three points, uh, that you know, and he was just better than than, or let's just pretend that Josh Gordon had fifty points last week, and the next best wide receiver had twenty five, right. and you ranked Josh Gordon one, 
and all it says is he was one slot better than the second-best receiver, but he was actually 25 points better than the second-best receiver. So I think that's something that people really, really need to realize, that rankings are not the end-all when it comes to fantasy football. That's right. Good rant. Thanks. I really need to get that off my chest because, uh, you know, a lot of people are, are getting onto the Twitter and, and voicing their opinion about things that are just aren't complete yet, and they're, they're very, very, very narrow-minded. And the, just the thinking, not those people, just the way that they're they're thinking. At least I believe. And it's fine if they want to tweet me about it. I'll argue with them. That's fine. Oh, I know. I know you will. Yeah, it'll be fun. Anyway, that is the 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 week fourteen podcast playoff. I'm ready for it. Are you ready to dominate your playoffs, Denny? I I'm ready to plug in a lineup very confidently, remembering that I'm I'm making decisions on leagues that I do not care about. That's right based on the, on those leagues and then fretting in the entire Sunday that I've made the wrong decision. But yes. Yeah. yeah it'll be great. It'll be fantastic. <laughs> I'm ready to, to bounce in all my first rounds that I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> it's bound to happen. Just remember guys, there's only one winner in every fantasy league. That's right. And if, and, and if you, uh, if you get bounced this week, then you can just, um, John, your sorrows in 50 daily leagues next week. Yeah, exactly. It's a beautiful thing. All right, Denny, let's uh, let's go get some milkshakes that we weren't able to get last week when I was in Virginia. Oh, all right. Sounds good. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll get you next week. Thank you for listening to Live in the Stream. We hope you enjoyed the Internet Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes now. It won't take long. It's fast. For more fantasy football info, check out LakeGroundQB.com. Share a